Thank you very much for listening to the Green Element podcast. We really value your opinion and we're wondering if you could take part in a survey that helps make this podcast better, please. www.greenelement.co.uk podcast survey. I hope you enjoy this episode. Today we've got Natalie from HeroWorks, a fantastic lady who is trying to change the way that the world works in business by embracing technology and using technology for the power of good. And her program is a nine month program that empowers women through a network of heroes. I can't wait to speak to her and I can't wait to learn more. Thank you so much for coming on the Green Element podcast. It's, um, it's awesome to have you. But, um, yeah, My so pleasure. Excited to be here. Tell us, um, tell us more about you and HeroWorks and um, what it okay. is that you're trying to achieve. Um, yeah. In the world. What are we up to <laughs> in the world, in the great world? Well, we are trying to save the world, Will, um, and uh, we're trying to do it kind of one woman at a time. So um, we started... So a bit of background, I guess, probably um, as well as my um, my multidisciplinary education. Um, I also had a multidisciplinary career as well, and I um, and I'm I'm promoting this um, for kind of um, sustainable um, survival of the digital economy. Actually, is having this, these multiple um, talents that you um, I guess multiple sources of fulfillment and and uh, financial wellness. So my my background. Um, well, I was um, the daughter of a rebellious um, kind of white middle class English rose, and my dad, um, who was um, American Indian and uh, African American, one of the first black ones in the uh, in the U.S. Air Force, and he was um, in the air refueling schedule um, squadron, and we traveled all over the world, so that was kind of real buzz for. Um, I guess uh, different cultures and di- so diversity and in, in kind of exploring are in my DNA, if you like. But funny enough, there's no um, there's no career days in uh, Department of Defense schools, uh, and they just assume that you're going to go in to be one of these world protectors or whatever. And I, I had always wanted to be um, creative, but was kind of discouraged. Um, so I ended up going into business and finance. Um, as you do, because that was a sensible thing to do when I studied business, and then I went into um, into the world of acquisition finance and worked for a company, you know, the big guys like Barclays and that type. And I spent some time going around Europe, um, helping to um, put systems in after integrations and that type of stuff. Hmm. And uh, we um, after in two thousand and eight, um, when the credit crunch hit. I've been having a you know a wonderful time, mostly um, as the only woman on the deal team, if you like. Um, but it was getting hard, and obviously in 2008, when we had the global financial meltdown, um, my husband's best mate uh, was a dentist actually, and he's quite an entrepreneurial chap. Decided to um, try and do something along the lines of bringing healthcare to retail, and um, they started the UK's first dental network inside of Sainsbury's and Tesco's. And my sort of involvement was, you know, at the outset, I did the initial pitch to Sainsbury's and uh, we ended up um, opening up the first one and that just flew. 
and then we opened seven and ended up selling, selling that to Grupo Health, Grupo Healthcare. And while we were doing that, I was also raising a little baby and um, I had some time in my hands, not, and decided to do this sort of second degree, which was um, the interior architecture side and spent some time doing some projects and commercial projects. And I really got into um, sort of sustainable, um, like retrofit sustainable technologies on heritage buildings and how you could marry the old and the new, and I just thought it was just a really amazing thing. And so I did a lot of volunteering, like with the um, Manchester Art Gallery, and I did lots and lots of stuff like that. And um, I just got a, I developed this sort of, I guess this hybrid between business and design, but from a commercial perspective. I really saw that the, I guess the, the big challenges we were facing in the world um, around poverty and inequality and climate change, needed to really, um, it wasn't going to be government that was going to solve it, it was going to be business. And actually the old paradigm of business education was kind of broken because we were just still, um, I guess, measuring and incentivizing and building competency frameworks around a, a, a framework that really wasn't producing the remedies and the corrective actions that we needed. So. Um, I carried on with a kind of a, you know, a corporate career up until um, my last position, which was at um, Siemens, where we were helping um, the UK food and beverage sector to digitalize. And, and actually, the closer I got to that technology, um, two things. Firstly, I could see what an amazing um, kind of way of reducing our carbon footprint. And, and you know, always, obviously, it, it had some um, some sort of displacement issues around around old jobs and, and people's jobs etc but the biggest thing I thought was that actually um, digitalization and harnessing the power of digital could be the way of you know addressing these inequalities in society addressing the climate change issues and stuff so but the other thing I saw was that there were <laughs> there were many women in this um, this kind of digital world, and I was like, "Wow, this is a big issue." So I started to do a bit of research, and I um, actually did a lot of research and put it all together in a in a white paper. And the deeper I got into it, the more I thought, "Hang on, I have the skill set." But they keep talking about this future of work, which is all around um, empathy, empathy and design thinking, creative problem solving, and kind of collective, um, you know. Um, sort of collective creativity and this this is how I work these are the skills that I have with my background and um, I've got the direct skill set to go and do something about this so this call to action um, just kept getting louder and louder and then I freaked my husband out about October when I'm quitting <laughs> quitting my job and he was like what <laughs> yeah no I, I, I have to do this I have to do this I said because two things I said firstly um, some of the research was showing that actually the professional services and financial services and um, even some of the public services actually are really at risk. And these are the people that I work with for a long time and, you know, I feel kind of a, a personal affinity and I was on the inside and nobody was talking about this stuff. So nobody was talking about it on the inside of these big financial institutions or um, the big accountancy firms or anything about how the world of work was changing. And I was like, if we can layer on top of all of their business expertise in the same way that I have this kind of creative social business architecture skill, then 
you know, we have a great chance of doing this. And actually the untapped value of women in particular is like 28 trillion of additional global GDP. So what could we fix with that? You know, what could we, you know, what diseases could we look at? What, you know, systems and um, sort of, you know, I guess um, um, carbon issues. Can we, you know, what could we do with that money? So it's worth, this is worth doing it. So um, I guess growing up in this community of, I guess the world's protectors and when I see things on the news, because I lived, I, we moved every two or three years. When I see things on the news, my family circle, if you like, is quite wide. And so I, I feel a personal attachment to it. And I go, well, you know, I can help. So I should help. Mm-hmm. So I pulled together a bit of a crack team and uh, we call them hero makers. And hero makers are those, um, I guess, educators, um, mentors, coaches, business owners, employers who can um, sort of elevate through education and empowerment women into these positions. And um, so we've created a new um, kind of, I guess, if you, if the, I guess if the, the, um, the UN uh, created a, a, a digital focused MBA, it would be this program. Um, so yeah, we took them through, we take them through the first part, which is around, so it's around an acronym and it's called FUTURE. And the first is find and align your purpose to the UN global goals. There's 17 of them, and there will be one there that you most, you know, you most have the affinity to, whether that's life on land, whether that's, you know, sustainable, um, you know, industrialization or gender equality or whatever it is. Find the thing that you most, you know, to your core brings you the most, I guess, meaning and, and purpose and then aligns your business, your leadership practice to that. So that's find and align your practice. Then it's um, unleash your moonshot mindset. And that's all, all around. This is what a lot of the um, programs focus on when it comes to women in business is around getting out of our own way, um, you know, self-limiting beliefs and all of that. So that's around the mindset piece. So those two are kind of the humanity, the human centered workplace, if you like. And then it comes to the technology. So, um, and for each one of these modules, we have what we call a hero maker. So somebody who's like acing it in their space. And so uh, some incredible people, all sorts. And so the T is think digital and tech for good. So that's around, firstly, um, opening their eyes to the R of the possible. Like what technology is shaping our world and so then you can start to get sparking, sparking about ideas and how you could help to use technology to further your, um, you know, your mission, whatever it may be. But then also there's the practical side of it. So we, and we take them through to designing um, a, um, like a, a wireframe uh, all the way. And, and, and those who might get sponsorship from their business might be addressing something like a cost saving or a carbon reduction or some kind of initiative within the business. And those who want to create a side business themselves would, would work on a project themselves. Um, and then it's unlimit your creativity and innovation. And that's all around design thinking, business modeling, um, lean business modeling, you know, minimal viable uh, prototyping and all of that type of stuff. And I, I, I do that bit. And then we have a um, increasing so reach, uh, which is reach and social influence, and that's all around creating your personal brand. And, and, and you know, we've, we've got a partnership with actually um, Raphael and the High Profile Club. So it's about positioning yourself as that go-to person and building all the career assets that you need. 
And then finally, it's about extended value, and that is about productivity and creating freedom systems that you know allow you to do more without like working more hours and all that kind of stuff. So that's the program. It's a sort of um, the full program, that sort of MBA type program, if you like, um, is a six month, um, sorry, nine month, six step program. Um, it's a blend of uh, workshops and online e-learning platform, virtual classrooms, that type of stuff. And then we wrap around coaching and mentoring around that. And we have organizational hookups with um, like people who help them become non-executive directors of charities and sports and, you know, that type of stuff. So that they can position themselves in, in the, uh, you know, in positions of influence of the digital economy. So there's a very long answer. <laughs> that sounds great. No, I sound, I sound kind of a bit blown away by it all. Like, kind of, um, I may be a third of the way through what you were just telling me, just kind of letting it sink in and, and thinking about it. But, uh, so is, is this all done remotely and online? No. Um, so we start off with, um, we have them kind of, we call them like future-proof and design your career sessions. And so we get like 50 women together and um, we have, um, say, four or five of our hero makers come and we run like a mini conference for the day. And it's a real active session. So um, they might do a little bit of purpose alignment in there. And then you get a big long slot, which is like a, doing a version of a vision board but for your own career. What impact do I want to make in the world? How am I going to do that? Um, and then... We, we have panels, et cetera. And then they come to, after that, they might join us for like a two-hour um, mastermind boardroom session. And then from there, they start off. The first cohort is going to be April, May time. We've just got to get our ducks lined up to, to go for, through the full program. And then we'll obviously be um, offering the courses as well. Right. Yeah, workshops, live workshops as well. A blend. And you are based in Manchester. We are, I am, but that's what I love about the internet as well. So our hero makers are all over the country and we look to take that um, globally as well. Okay. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. So we should have you, we should have you as a hero maker. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah. What got you interested in sustainability? I, I'm actually, to be honest with you, yeah. what annoys me slightly is... I went into a meeting the other day, a networking meeting, and there must yeah. have been 20 people, say, roughly, yeah. of which two women in there. It was the first thing yeah. that came to... I literally walked in and went, oh, it's another old boys club. Awesome. Yeah. And I, that was actually all I really thought about. And I was kind of sitting there just going, I don't want... I actually don't want to be... I shouldn't say that I'm not... Uh, it's not that I don't want to be a part of it. It was more that how on earth, because I went straight back to the organiser and just went, how come there's only two women in this networking group? I don't get it. What What are you trying yeah. to achieve? Um, and I know that they've got, they're trying to, you know, what, one of the person's companies is going for B Corp. So I know that they think correctly, but what they're not doing is they're not joining up all the dots. And yeah. you go into meetings like this. I don't think it's intentional sometimes. No, I think it it's just like people like, people like me, you know, and they think like that. And so when they're thinking about their, their, their list is going, oh, I'll invite Chris and I'll invite so-and-so. And it's the people that come to their head unless they proactively have a, 
I guess, a metric. And also say about measuring the right things. And, and this isn't just about headcount and, you know, quotas. It's actually about innovation. And it's about reaching your customers with the right message. And if you're only thinking about it from your own point of view, right? So, um, so if, if I will, you know, I, I don't want to just market to women because actually I need hero makers who are employers who are going to empower women and position women. So I don't, when I'm writing my copy or doing my events um, kind of marketing, I'm thinking about who are my stakeholders. And so it's just a simple business thing rather than, you know, it's like, it's a comfort thing. We just go to the people that we know. And I think it's just yeah. highlighting it. So you do the right thing by highlighting it. Hopefully they will then think next time, actually. Yeah. And I cut I, my market down. But I just, and, it, and I, was, I, was, I was wondering if anyone else thought about it and wondering whether the reason why I think about it is, I've got a colleague of mine that talks about it quite a lot um, in a good way, as far as I'm concerned, because it's brought yeah. my, it's brought my, because I don't think I would have thought about it as much if Emma didn't yeah. speak about it. And we talk about it in the office now and we're very conscious of when we're employing people and who we're employing, etc. And I mean, it doesn't matter so much in sustainability because in actual fact, I, we're slightly more, um, on the woman's side anyway in the environmental and sustainability sector to be honest with you um, really that's interesting yeah i i think it's a a more it's probably not fem, it's probably not um pc to say but it's probably more of an effeminate um um you know job partly probably yeah. because of empathy and partly because you know mm -hmm. you've got to you're thinking about um other people and we're doing this to better the planet for our future generations yeah. that's what we're driving um forward yeah. for so um maybe that's it i don't well, know you say that. i think you're right and I, it actually kind of gives us a tiny bit of um i guess confirmation to one of my theories um is that if we empower these women in these positions we will get a mothered earth yeah. so it actually, I, I, this is something that I believed, I guess, it, but it's nice, I guess it's, it's, I guess it's proven a little bit by, by that, that actually we think, I guess, and this isn't the case for everything, but you have a natural nurturing, um, and it's okay to say that because everybody, you know, like, well, men are nurturing too. Yes, men are nurturing too. But I think generation after generation after generation of our mothers, you know, being, and up till now, it's been very much the case that our mothers are the ones who do the nurturing in the family. And I mean, just going back to even when I was a kid, my dad, I don't think he ever took me to school. Like, <laughs> you know, and it was very, that was very common. And um, you know, my mom cooked the dinner, my mom did all these things. So, you know, my dad's a lovely, he was a lovely guy, but he, you know, he was very, he's a soldier, you know, he's like, I'm out there fighting and I'm, you know, I'm doing this. For the, for the world and for my family. And so your job is the, the nurturing. And I, and I think there's still roles for that, but you know, and, and you, can, you can swap them. In fact, my husband and I have swapped at the moment and it's taken us about a year to get there. And now my daughter doesn't have, um, you know, happy faces and potato waffles for dinner on the same plate. So, you know, it's, <laughs> we're making progress. Um, 
but it's taking a while to swap those natural roles. So I think, you know, that's okay to say this mm. kind of probably get shot for this, but yeah, I think no, that's, I that's so. the truth, think, isn't it? Yeah. I think that if we embrace what's around us and talk about what's around us without um, feeling as if we can't, it's the only yeah. way you can change because it's, if, because as long as you're good to other people and you are, I guess, polite to other people, but not in a false way, but a kind of, you respect, respectful to everyone around you, then you can kind of say yeah. what you want, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're respecting yeah. everyone around you. <laughs> Within reason, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. You wouldn't yeah. say anything that was yeah, bad honestly, if you weren't respecting honestly. people. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's, a, there's a place and needs to be, and I don't think... Um, English and again, apologies if I'm offending anybody, but our, our um, the culture in England is very much be very polite and polite is great, but sometimes polite means that we don't deal with the big issues in the room. You know? <laughs> Everyone's not wanting to upset anybody. So nobody's saying anything or calling out mm. when actually, you know what, by just changing that behavior, we could all make a big difference here. Yeah. whether that be the environment, whether that be uh, a culture of acceptance um, from a gender perspective or whatever it is, but just calling them out and just saying, actually, you know what, that's not okay. Um, or maybe if we just stopped using these plastic straws, um, I know it's easy, but why don't we just say, let's not do this? Or, you know, it's all those, yeah, I think time for honesty, time for um, respect and honesty. And sometimes, like your mum, right, she would... Um, or certainly my mum, you know, she would be the one, if you needed to be told something, she would tell you, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, that's that same, I'm doing this because I care, I care about you and I care about the environment, is to be able to have that honest yeah. conversation. So what got you, um, what made you interested in sustainability and the environment? What was that tipping point? Uh, Oh, God, the tipping point, I think, was that um, being in the sort of the, this multidisciplinary team with, um, with the Siemens guys and seeing that, you, so the, the food industry is, um, I don't know, it's our largest, largest manufacturing sector, right? So um, I could see a few things. Firstly, in huge, I guess, sympathy to the industry is they had all of these like rules and regulations coming at them around um, refrigeration outputs and um, and then you had the pressure from the consumer saying you know we want less sugar and we don't want you know we don't want fat and we don't want you know all of the health kind of pressures as well and so and we were also then we have this concern around Brexit with you know, access to labor, because it's still a very labor-intensive industry. But they feed us, this industry. They are a super important industry. But I could see how, um, by helping them to be more digital, um, we could really make a huge impact into the sustainable um, footprint of this industry. And, and, and I just started to think, well, actually, if they're a huge chunk of it, if we can you know, help them to see that we, we can you know, not only help them to meet the demands of the market and the customers, but they could also start to reduce the carbon output for us. Then I just thought, yeah, this is something that I can get my head around. 
So yeah, I became a little bit of a, not an eco warrior, but more of a wanting sustainable growth. Yeah, yeah. just wanting sustainable growth. But, it, but I saw the direct correlation between that and business innovation. And so I, I was like, it's, it's one of the inputs to being relevant and to staying, um, you know, staying ahead of your competitors is, is, you know, also customers want that. I, you know, we want that. We're looking at them to set an example. So I, you know, when I see my food coming back and, you know, it's the fancy Asian pears and they have the wrapping on the bottom, the whatever that spongy plasticky stuff on the bottom. And then they have a net that goes over the top and then that's wrapped with plastic. And then, you know, come on guys, you can do better than this. I don't expect that. I'm happy to go and pick up my pears and put them in a plastic paper oh sorry a paper bag not plastic paper in a paper bag or something you know like we're not demanding it but there's a there's a payoff as well around our demands for shelf life food shelf life and plastics so i just yeah i don't know i just seemed like it was it seemed like a way of adding to this new um i guess paradigm of, of business um, ethics and values and it, it, it just had to be in there. Okay, okay. So how do you think you can influence change? Uh, exactly, exactly the method that, so my, my, um, my theory of change is that if we empower these women and we give them the sort of social business architecture skills with these values of sustainability and um, diversity and inclusion and all of these things so we're not just making stuff for the sake of it um then we will mother earth and that's that's the whole paradigm that's the whole point of the business is so i think we can get half the population not that i think i'm going to educate half the population but um certainly by joining this this kind of movement if you like women's movement and uh the ethics and tech, tech, you know, tech for good, and all of these things. We can, we can empower them and educate them with these skills, and we'll make a huge difference. Brilliant, brilliant. So, how do you think our listeners can get started with understanding how to be more sustainable? And oh gosh, well, you know what? It starts with you, and there's just small things. I think we talked about this a little while ago, actually. They're small things. It's just understanding what your baseline is. Understand your own carbon footprint, firstly. Understand how your actions have a wider impact, that circular economy. So making some choices. We, we as consumers, have the most power. Right? Yeah. So if we stop buying the stuff, they won't make it. Simple as that. There are, we're, you know, and it's, it's certainly... Um, there are more and more platforms for us to get informed and make healthy choices for the planet as well as for our families as well. And, you know, we are getting more options as well. So cars, so, you know, the way the, the, the things that we can buy our children, where we're we getting our coffee from, where we're we getting our food from, the packaging that we, you know, we support these businesses. And, you know, that's, I think that's how it's going to come. That's how change will come. Okay. Brilliant. So what would you want people to take away and do straight after this podcast? Um, 
it's gosh, just one thing. <laughs> just one thing. Um, oh yeah, that's it. Just do one thing. Change one thing. Change one thing and then start to change another thing. So start with one thing. So start to look at what you buy, like your main purchase, and just choose the eco-friendly version. Choose the one that has the less harm and impact or imprint on our resources. That's it. Just do one thing. And then, you know, you kind of you can, you don't get overwhelmed by it, basically. Just change one thing. Brilliant. Brilliant advice. And, of course, the next thing would be to sign up to HeroWorks as well. Oh, yeah, I know. I keep forgetting that. I'm supposed to be promoting the business too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. Um, no, I think uh, I get so into the cause, um, actually. That, um, yeah, I think the commercial element actually goes um, sideways. I can't change the world if I get nobody on the program. Absolutely. So the first event is on the 28th of February in Manchester at the Chamber of Commerce. And then we have the, the next one after that. Uh, which is on the 11th of April, which is at UK Fast's um, campus. But yeah, follow us on um, Twitter at the HeroWorks, um, LinkedIn at the HeroWorks, and we're just going to try and give out loads of you know value-based stuff that you can start to you know learn how you can sort of position yourself as um, you know in, in in positions of influence to secure your kind of fulfillment and your financial wellness. And your flexibility and just like live the life that you want as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you so much, Natalie, for being on. My um, pleasure. Thank you for having me. Huge amount <laughs> of knowledge and um, enthusiasm for what you do. It's been brilliant. Oh, Thank my you. pleasure. My pleasure. I'm going to try and sign you up as a hero maker as well. All that <laughs> knowledge that you have. <laughs> That's great. It's been great to talk to you. Yeah, you too. We'll see you soon. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. We created this podcast for you. So we'd really appreciate any feedback you want to give us. You can do that by rating and reviewing on your favourite podcast. Or for iTunes, visit www.greenelement.co.uk forward slash Apple. If you'd like to keep in touch then we invite you to join our free Facebook community, which is everything to do with sustainable and ethical business. Lots of daily conversations, themes and great ideas. A really great place to work and network with like-minded individuals. If you open Facebook and search for the green element, hit the group search function, we will let you right in. All of the show notes, any links, any references to the, on this podcast will be featured on our website, greenelement.co.uk. As a special thank you for listening, please head over to www.greenelement.co.uk forward slash podcast 2018 and you can pick up a free guide on how to green up and environmentalise your business or organisation. That's greenelement.co.uk forward slash podcast 2018. Finally, I would like to thank Ben Chatwin for writing the fantastic opening music he is an amazing artist with a phenomenal following. It was a privilege he said yes to even write it for us. We look forward to seeing you next week and hope you have a wonderful day. <laughs>